When someone declares themselves fervently religious, my initial response is to back away slowly, without making any sudden movements. I spy the nearest exit so as to escape the inevitable next question, what's your religion? I'm more spiritual than religious, is my safety response. They usually let out a short sigh, oh. It's my gentle way of simultaneously answering their question while also indicating that I rather not open this case of emotional dynamite while sitting playing while you sit there playing with your lighter even if it does have a crucifix running down the side. Typically the conversation continues into more docile, mutually agreeable territory like how it's been such a blessing that it's been above freezing all week. I walk away feeling uneasy. No, frustrated. No, enraged. I'm more than a checkbox. My beliefs and virtues and attitudes cannot be neatly categorized into a singular word or dogma. Furthermore, as I've grown up, I've had my own myriad of trials and tribulations, and if I had to guess, will continue to have, and thus I will continue to adapt and evolve my own beliefs. And now I remember their O. Oh. Their O oh becomes loaded with the subtext, you're one of those, as if I am helplessly drowning in a sea of uncertainties, too afraid or confused to stand up for something, Kicking myself, I begin to wonder if I should have declared myself a Unitarian Universalist. What's that? The inevitable next question. Well, how much time do you have? My inevitable next question. You see, the truth is I often find myself in a sea of uncertainties. Yet, I don't see myself as drowning, but as wandering. And through this wandering journey, I've found many incredibly beautiful people who may not fit into any other box. Yet together, we wander to see what curiosities we can find, the truths we can celebrate, the moments we can lean on one another. As to what may come next, no one really knows. Yet what I do know is that I will not be alone. Thank you so much, Alex, for your reflection. Yes, I will not be alone. I spent quite a bit of my 20s doing the whole online dating thing. And if you looked at my profile back then, the box marked religious affiliation. In that box, you would see that I, one of your ministers, had selected spiritual but not religious. I have a bit in common with Alex that way. This term spiritual but not religious, it didn't actually feel like an accurate description of myself. I'm the daughter of two Presbyterian ministers. I grew up in the church. I found Unitarian Universalism as an adult. And during that period of my life, I was going to church nearly every week whether it was a UU church or one of my parents' churches. I feel very lucky to say that religion has always been a huge and beautiful part of my life. 
So why then did I say spiritual but not religious on my online dating profile? I mean, if anything, I felt more connected to my religious communities than I did to my own spirituality at that time. Well, you see, in the world of online dating, I hoped to match with people who shared similar progressive values as me. And if I'm honest, I was worried that including any sort of nod to religion on my profile would scare those people away. Even during my first year of seminary, when I met my partner Justin on one of these dating websites, I still felt weird about my first impression in this way. Instead of saying on my profile that I was a student in seminary preparing to become a minister one day, I said, I was a graduate student. I was a graduate student studying religion. That seemed like a safe distance, right? Studying religion. Oh, me? Me? No. No, I'm not religious. I'm just studying religion. How many of us in this community, like me, like Alex, have felt similar discomfort identifying with words like religious or religion? Yeah, it can, it can be a pretty loaded concept. So it's important then for us to ask, what even are we talking about when we use that word religion? I love that video that we saw from the UU Church in Nashua earlier in the service, where they shared that covenant triangle as articulated by UU religious education expert, Natalie Briscoe. In that video, we saw them designate religious as a term for how we as a community connect to our core values, those values at the top of the triangle. Now, our UU ancestors and our siblings in Judeo-Christian traditions would put these core values under the idea of God. And perhaps you do too. So I invite us to think of this as something even deeper than values. What is it that to us is divine and sacred? Some theologians call it our ultimate concern? What is it that we as a community seek to orient ourselves toward? Prominent Unitarian Universalist theologian James Luther Adams and other UU theologians who have followed his work, they put this a different way. They ask us, where do our loyalties lie? And so I ask all of you right now, as our fellowship community, where do our loyalties lie? What is our ultimate concern? What is it that we find to be divine and sacred? I invite you to go ahead now and type in the chat box some ideas. Where do our loyalties lie? And I'll ask Alex to share with me what they read in the chat box. Humanity, 
family, love. Inherent worth and dignity. Community. Community. Compassion. Compassion. Justice. Justice. Empathy. Empathy. The dignity and well-being of everyone. Thank you. Aligning ourselves with these loyalties as a community, that's a religious act. The act of turning toward that which is divine and sacred together, that is a religious act. Turning toward the sacred in how we speak, in what we do, in how we think, how we pray or meditate, how we worship, how we sing, how we move about the world, that is religion. Saying to each other, hey, we are on this journey together, figuring out together what is most important in our existence and how to live in ways that reflect that. And opening ourselves up to the transformation that that brings, that is religion. Doing this together. It reminds me of our reading today from the Hebrew Bible, the book of Ruth. Now in that story, Ruth chooses to tell her mother-in-law, wherever you go, I will go. Your people shall be my people, your God, my God. In the context of the time, Ruth was not making a religious statement here. It was a tribal statement. Ruth was from the land of Moab, and this was her way of telling her mother-in-law, who was an Israelite, I'm one of you now. I'm one of your people. It was certainly a leap of faith, but Ruth said, hey, we're on this journey together now, and we now hold the same thing sacred. That sounds lovely, right? Just sounds nice. So what's the point? How is this helpful? I certainly don't need a religious community in order to live out my values. I don't need religion in order to understand where my loyalties lie. But here's the thing. Once we have this understanding of what it means to be religious, this question of what are we loyal to, we start to ask this question in other spaces as well. Even in spaces that don't call themselves religious. Even in what we think of as the secular world, the world that is supposedly outside of religion. And in fact, we start to see that the religious world and the secular world, they're not that different. Take the field of economics, for example. That field is considered secular, right? Not, not religious. And yet look at the economic models that economists have been using for years. Models like supply and demand. People want stuff, stuff is supplied. People want stuff, stuff is supplied. These models haven't taken into account the toll of extracting resources from the earth. 
or the pollution put out into the atmosphere by factories. The field of economics has no loyalty to, what was it, love, community, connection, humanity. Its loyalty is to the market. And it's brought so many of us along with it to worship at the shrine of commerce and production and profit. The religious world and the secular world, they're not that different. What about science? Us UUs, we love our science. Science is a secular thing, right? Although it wasn't that long ago when many scientists, including some of our UU ancestors, were caught up in the violence of eugenics. The idea of creating what was thought to be a superior race of human. Their loyalty was not with love and compassion and connection and community. Their loyalty was with what they thought was progress. Progress that masked deep racism and ableism underneath. These scientists brought their communities with them to worship at the shrines of innovation and their ideas about evolution. The religious world and the secular world, they're not that different. We are always being pulled towards one loyalty or another, whether we name that as religious or not. My offer to us today is to perhaps reclaim the idea of religion in this way and harness its power. Because when done well, religion can act as a check and balance to the harmful ideas in our world that go unquestioned because they are secular. Religion can be a powerful tool of resistance. It's a promise to be a part of a community that answers to something deeper, something right, something good, something sacred. At my first Unitarian Universalist church, I was volunteering to serve and clean up coffee hour one day. Oh, remember coffee hour? That was nice. I was still pretty new to the church, so as we were doing the dishes, the other gentleman who was volunteering with me was kindly telling me all the things that he loved about the congregation. You know, we're less of a church and more of a social club, he said. I like that. I have my own individual spirituality and I can come here and be with other people who have their own spiritual practices and no one is shoving any beliefs or anything like that down our throats. I think back on this conversation a lot. How so many of us find comfort in our UU spaces because we don't want beliefs or anything like that shoved down our throats. Or because we've seen a lot of harm done in the name of religion. We see a truck with a sticker on the back showing a white Jesus waving an American flag. 
We've heard Hobby Lobby executives and legislators trying to control women's bodies in the name of religion. We've learned of deep harm done by religious professionals who have bad theologies. We've heard hateful things spouted by people quoting the Bible. We grieve the missionary work that attempted to erase entire cultures. The world of religion is certainly vulnerable to racism, sexism, homophobia, and tons of other societal poisons. And we've seen the idea of religion be misused time and again as a tool to spread these poisons. That harm is real. And it's important for us to name it and to find healing for ourselves and for our communities. And also, when I think back to my new friend's description of a Unitarian Universalist community as a social club, I can't help but feel disappointed. A social club full of people with their own individual spiritualities. Personal spiritual journeys are great and they are important. But we as individuals, we have limitations. Limitations in what we each can know and experience. Limitations in what we can accomplish individually. Limitations in what we can imagine for ourselves and for the world. Limitations in our power to resist harmful forces around us. When we bring our spirituality into a community, however, a community with loyalties to love and justice and connection and compassion and humanity and all those other things we named, all that is right and good, a community that can hold us accountable to our values. A community constantly turning toward what is sacred and what is divine. When we bring ourselves to this community with open hearts, with faith and trust and hope, there's no telling how we can be transformed and how our community can transform the world around us. No social club or self-help empire can promise that. Let our service this morning be an invitation to reclaim religion in this way. Just try it, just an invitation. An invitation into a community that says to each other, where you go, I go, your people are my people, your God is my God. What is sacred to you is sacred to me. Your divine is my divine. I invite you just to try saying that and to feel what it's like for someone else to say that to you. What if we just saw where that takes us? May it be so, and amen.